Welcome, everybody, to the Robert John and the Wreck podcast. We're a five-piece rock and roll band from Orange County, California, that travels the world eating local foods, drinking local drinks, and melting faces. I'm Steve. I'm Warren. I'm Robert. I'm Andrew. And I'm Henry. And this is episode 92. Welcome. 92. Yeah. Welcome. Happy Monday, everybody. 92. What you going to do? Right in between 91 and 93. It's a great place to be. Yeah. In Deuterini. <laughs> in Deuterunu. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in and, or listening to this. We appreciate has it. it. Has anybody been listening since episode one? I don't know if we have any hardcore listeners, but if you are listening or you're watching, comment, let us know. We'll give you some sort of prize if you can guarantee that you were at the first podcast. Yeah, I mean, how do you guarantee something like that? I don't know. We figure it out. Randy Debbie. will figure it out. <laughs> Debbie, yeah, I, that's probably a pretty good point. <laughs> and Amanda. Amanda, you're at all that's, of them. That's a given, Amanda. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get a prize. You don't count. Your prize is getting to date me. <laughs> hey, oh. That's the best prize there is. Let's see what kind of comeback she comes up with to that one. <laughs> Wait. <sighs> Scott said, uh, when will we resume podcasts in the same room? That was you fun. Know, I, I missed there's that. Always, there's always a time. I've, I've actually been thinking about that. Probably uh, tour. Probably when we get, yeah, when we're like gone be. for a Monday, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll do it. It's, it's been weird with, uh, you know, just the, the craziness of the last year. And then, you know, we, we went through a few different platforms, uh, before we landed on StreamYard for hosting the podcast. And, <laughs> and, uh, it's, it is kind of nice to like, everybody can be at their own house and, and, uh, it helps with, uh, with getting guests in and stuff like that to, be able to uh, have a little bit more control over uh, uh, being able to bring people in from different areas. Or if one of us is out of town, we yeah. can still all be together and uh, just clean up after our individual selves, you know, at the end of it. Exactly. Cool. <clears throat> the digital age, we might as well take advantage of it. Yeah. Yeah. And big thanks to StreamYard for, uh, for keeping up with the updates and, making this an easy platform to use and uh, so that we can be hanging out with you guys every week. It's great. Do you guys get up? That wasn't a paid advertisement for StreamYard. That was we not. actually just really appreciate StreamYard for having the service that we get to use. But if they also do want to you, give us money, then that's that's cool too. That'd be great. Yeah. Do you get the the advertisements now? I get the advertisements with that guy. He's oh, like, yeah, yeah. Like the YouTube ads? so easy. He's like, me, Chris Brogan. He's just like some old <laughs> dude with a beard. I'm like... Who the hell are you? He's like, I use StreamYard all the time. It's like, oh, well, if he can do it, we can do it too. Yeah. Chris Brogan. Is it like Joe Rogan's <laughs> mentally ill brother? <laughs> That's exactly who it is. Joe Brogan. You know, Chris Brogan. Yeah. <laughs> or something like that. I don't know what his name is. It's something funny. Oh, man. Well, this weekend was dope. This weekend was yeah, really was dope, weekend, everybody. Geez. It was <laughs> it's just going to jump into it. Um, it was rad, man. Hangar 24, we had uh, Daniel Bonte and the Bonafide playing and uh, and the Joy reunion. And uh, it was a great night of country music and really fun to mix those guys over at Hangar 24, Music on the Runway, OC Music Showcase in Irvine, also not a paid promotion. Um <laughs> 
Uh, and then, yeah, Sunday, yesterday, uh, Dan Daniel came over to the house. Uh, he was our guest last week on the podcast. And uh, Daniel came over, and we worked on this tune that he'd been kicking around for a while and, and uh, got it finished up lyrically and, and got an arrangement set. And I'm really stoked on uh, how that one's going to turn out. And then... That brought us right up to about 5 o'clock and then went over to the Wayfarer for the first uh, Sweet Relief Sunday showcase, Benefiting Sweet Relief Musicians Fund. And that was just, uh, it blew me away how the the turnout and the, the, the people that came out and, and lent their time and their talents and and their uh, and their money to uh, raising money for, for a charity, we, we were able to raise $522 last that's, night that's awesome, man. for sweet relief. So, um, yeah, I'm, I was blown away, man. And it was cool. Uh, had some buddies that, you know, come through that I hadn't seen since, uh, before COVID and, uh, uh Mike Vitale came in and played oh, a cool. couple tunes and, and Henry killed it up there. He did, uh, some solo acoustic stuff and then also a King tree and the earth mothers, a couple sets and Adam Ditt came in and played, uh, his, his original tunes. And, uh, yeah, it was just it was just so much fun to be back on stage, back in a room, and just getting the community together. And um, it was a really rad night. And we're gonna keep it going every Sunday evening from six to nine p.m. Uh, advertised. Although uh, last night we ended up playing until like eleven fifteen, eleven thirty, or something like that. So it was <laughs> it was just so fun, man. Um, and just really cool to to have the community back together and and. Uh, really unified and in, in, uh, coming together for a good cause. So, yeah. So I'm stoked on that. Nice. War, how are you doing, man? I'm good. I had a busy weekend. Um, <clears throat> I played with the Great North Special Guys at the Wayfair on Saturday, which was a lot of fun. It's cool to see a lot of old friends I haven't seen in a long time and just people that are out in the music scene that are out and about again. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, you know, it made me realize. I know that. Ow! Oh, look, <laughs> cat's jumping on my back. I, I thought he might do this. So, unfortunately, <laughs> I've trained my cat to jump on my back, and he just jumped on my back in the middle of the podcast. Um, and he's usually pretty gentle, but if I'm at a, if I, I'm, I'm a, if I'm at a pretty steep angle, he uh, ow. And then he kind of like bites me. He's like playing with me, but sometimes it hurts. So let me get this cat off my back and I'll tell you how the rest of my week went. The bigger speech, right? I was going to say, yeah, I got to get that cat off my back, man. Yeah. Milk bone underwear and cats on back, man. (laughs) It's a doggy dog world. And I got to get this cat off my back. (laughs) I got to get this cat off my back. Literally. All right. <laughs> well, so I did train the cat to jump on my back, and it was kind of a fun little gimmicky thing, but I'm realizing that I'm encouraging really bad behavior. And what do you call that So, again? like, uh, well, when, <laughs> when he jumps on my back and I walk around, I call it Kitty Express. Um, I love it. So, yeah, that's a, that's a thing. But... Uh, <laughs> if don't, anyone if, at any point thought we were cool, that's just all that up. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, like, People think that you're definitely not cool anymore. Yeah. Yeah. We just got a cat. I'm pretty lame. Um, but yeah, you know, we're stoked to have an animal. I'll tell you that much. I don't care if it jumps on my back. 
Um, anyway, shit, where was I? Well, I played at the Wayfair. <laughs> it was cool to see uh, a lot of people. It was an indoor show. It was the first indoor show I've played since COVID started. And it was at the Wayfair, which I haven't played at since COVID started. So it was a, uh, it was just a whole mix of different feelings. And it was cool to see, again, all friends and family. And then uh, I know Robert came after being at uh, Hangar 24. And it just made me realize that, like, you know, when things come back in Orange County, we're so blessed to be able to have, like, such good music all over the place. And you can go out yeah. to Hangar 24 on Saturday and catch that from 6 to 9. And then you can make it over to the Wayfair and you can catch another great band at the Wayfair. And then, you know, we, we got up, we went into Laguna. We saw Andrew Cordini play acoustically on Sunday at Hennessy's. And then we saw some friends in Laguna. And then we went up to Steve's Sweet Relief Musicians Fund on Sunday and saw a bunch of more good people play. Um, so it was definitely a cool weekend of seeing music. And, um, uh, yeah, it made me realize that you can literally go out almost anywhere in Orange County and see really high-quality music all the time and half the chance half the time it's people that we know really well and we played music with so it's nice to get the swing of things going again so i'm excited to uh to continue that and with that being said i might as well do a paid promo for robert john and the wreck all of our stuff all of our shows are posted right now on bands in town and song kick uh that appears to be the best place to post our live shows. Of course you can go to our, our website. Actually, I guess that would be the best place and go to our tour. It shows all of our local dates for some reason right now, Facebook portrays events very, very weird. And I don't know what is going up with that. So we try to stay on top of the Facebook events, but if you really want accurate information, go to song kick, go to bands in town, subscribe there, and then check in with our website. Cause all of our, those feed our website as well. And we have a lot of dates coming up all over Southern California. So that's going to be uh, fun. Facebook right now is probably being the Switzerland in World War II, where they're just being neutral mm-hmm. to see how COVID sort of flies in these next couple months. So they can go like, well, we had the events up, but we weren't really promoting the events. So you can't get <laughs> mad at us for doing this. Yeah. So they're probably making their events stuff like not as user-friendly because of that. Interesting. Yes. Never thought about that. It's been very frustrating as somebody who's trying to manage multiple events. It's, it's been driving me crazy. But anyway, how was your week, Robert? Uh, mine was great. Um, I got to go up to Yosemite with my family, which is one of my favorite places in the whole world. Because um, I've been going there since I was, like, before I could walk. So it just has a lot of memories and um, kind of just like a, you know, giant place that I know by, like, the back of my hand. Um, so it was great. It was great to be up in the woods and in the in nature and, and my cell phone barely worked. So that was annoying, but also probably a not really nice thing to not worry about <clears throat> being up there. And uh, yeah, it was great. And um, it's just good sometimes to, you know, I, I think Steve used the word declutter, you know, just kind of go let, let yourself go for a couple of days and just hike around and enjoy the family. So um, it was great. And uh, as far as this weekend, I did everything that, you know, Stephen Warren already talked about, um, but but to add to that, it, Orange County itself is just an amazing place for 
for music that a lot of people might not even know about. Because I think on Saturday there was like not only was there two events that I was at, but then there was you know three more going on that I would have gone to if there wasn't anything going on that I was at. You know what I mean? So like there was there's always a lot going on, uh, which is always nice to be surrounded with. And um, yeah, so I had a great week. I was uh, this little couple day vacation. And uh, now back home. Andrew, how was yours? It was good. Um, because Robert was gone, it means we weren't playing, so I can actually like plan a proper vacation, which I don't think I've like done in a long, long time. Um, because I feel like our gigs, if we're out of town, like feel like vacations to me, mm. so I never need to do it. And I'm constantly reminded by Amanda that she's not on any of those vacations. So that <laughs> so we have to make those uh, sorts of things happen. So we went to uh, San Pedro, which is not like super far away, but uh, it's like on the other side of Long Beach. And we had dinner there at some like a French restaurant, which was really good. And then we just stayed there for the night. And, uh, we woke up and went hiking in Rancho Palos Verdes, which is, if you're not from California, the like very southern western tip of like the beach cities. So if you go from sort of Santa Monica down to like Manhattan and Venice, and then you keep going down to Hermosa, and then you keep going down at the very bottom of there, you get to Rancho Palos Verdes. And my friend got married at a church out there a couple of years ago. So I just saw the drive and it was when it was like rainy, so it was super green and amazing. And I always wondered like, what's on the other side of that? And what's in like the actual corner? So we went hiking over there and it was super cool. It really looked like, reminded me of Spain, uh, how they have all those like beach cliffs and stuff like that. So it was really, really cool. A lot of the people there were really cool and friendly. Like there was a lot of locals there who were like happy to tell us about the town and stuff like that. So we did that. We found a nice. Mexican restaurant uh, up there and uh, had some Mexican food. It was actually hilarious because, like, all the homes there, um, the homes in the hills look like ranch-style homes. Like, they're the classic homes anyone would live in, but they're just, like, with beachfront views. Sort of like Laguna sometimes. The homes that they built on the beachfront are like those homes we were looking at in Arizona um, at the... Uh, the, the event river? that we were playing out there, yeah, at the river. So every house was like ten million dollars and like wow. huge and just crazy, and you can tell that it was like intense. And so, um, you could tell all the homes on the hill were like normal homes in the seventies, and then like people got wind of this place and <laughs> you know put a bunch of money into it. But uh, that being said, when we were at the Mexican restaurant hanging out, and it was super awesome, they had like a window where you can look out on the beach and you could like see Catalina from like the window of this Mexican restaurant. It was super awesome. And uh, I heard a guy next to me like on a date, and I'm really bad at eavesdropping, and there wasn't a lot of people there. <laughs> and so he was a stockbroker, but he just kept talking about being a stockbroker and his clients. And this poor girl, like, couldn't get a word in edgewise and just had to go, like, yeah, that sounds really cool. And he's like, yeah, I'm just trying to provide a lot of value to my clients. And, you know, like, I'm trying to get, a, like, a really good return for them. And, you know, like, this one guy gave me, like, $1.5 million, and we're just trying to close the deal. And I could just, like, feel, you know, her, you know, 
heart shrinking four sizes while she's you know finishing her burrito at this Mexican restaurant. So it's really funny to go like, who actually lives here, and what are they like? And I was like, oh great, it's just this nerdy like terrible stockbroker dude <laughs> who can't talk to a girl. And so it was really funny to go watch that. And then from there we went to Warren's show and hung out at the Wayfarer with uh, everyone else uh, that we saw. So it was cool to go back from there and just be able to like, oh, cool. We just did this crazy hike thing all morning. Now let's just go and hang out with our friends tonight. So it's cool to have that so close to everything. Uh, and then, yeah, I went to Steve's show last night too and did some jamming and that was fun. It's fun nice. to seeing other people play music. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, a, it's been a while since I've seen anyone play music. So that night I got to see a bunch of people play music. And uh, Henry did a great job. It was basically the Henry show last night. So, <laughs> Henry, what did you do this weekend? <laughs> that I mean, I've done, I did pretty much everything else everybody else already talked about. Um, I went to the Great North Special gig and played uh, my own show uh, on Sunday with Steve and that was great. Um, I haven't I haven't played solo acoustic stuff in years, so it was super weird and nerve wracking. Um, going like, well, I hope I don't forget lyrics or something like that. And I think I like switched some of the verses to one of the songs as well, and was like on the fly. So it was just it was just funny. I don't know. I've never uh, done that. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, me neither. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, Dude, you good. killed it, man. Oh, that was, thank you. That was that was really special to 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 see your acoustic performance, man. And then King Tree just always fucking crushes. It felt good, man. Like felt felt really. It's probably one of the best feeling shows I've done in a while. I know it had absolutely nothing to do with the fact that I was playing guitar for four hours, but uh, but you know. Great. Did did you guys feel uh, and I guess I'm the only one that hasn't been on the Wayfair stage playing music um, since they opened back up and you know over a year right. and that was kind of our stomping ground. Right. Did you guys feel anything just from the history that we have at the Wayfair when you actually got to go up on that stage and actually play inside? Like, did you guys yeah. feel whatever that? I feel like I would feel like, oh, okay, I'm home or like, yes, yeah, so it's comfortable. Man. You know how the room feels, and you know how that stage yeah. feels, and you're cool. kind of used to the idiosyncrasies, I guess. That you know, you know how it feels on that stage sonically and, and physically. Yeah. So it was nice, and I've played there a couple times now, but but it was cool getting to. It was also cool getting to do it in a couple different formats, and actually going from like, okay, it's just me and a guitar. Okay, now I'm gonna play some like heavy music with you know, two other guys and, uh, see how this sounds, which I've never, I've never done that before. So that was really cool. Uh, for me, I, I really, uh, it was weird, but in a really good way. Nice. I was trying to, uh, set the event up kind of like a, a curated open mic. Mm-hmm. Um, so each, each week, what we'll do is, is I'll have two to three, uh, promoted performers, uh, they come in um, and are scheduled to do uh, two, like, 15-minute sets, like two to three songs each per round. And then at the top of the – the uh, once we get through the first round, then anybody else that comes in that I know, I'm just like, hey, like, or if one of my buddies or another musician can, can vouch for him, then I'm like, yeah, get on up there and, 
and uh, do a couple tunes and you know this for for me definitely last night it was it was a lot of like knocking the rust off because that was the first time that I played with Henry and uh, Ryan Smith um, as Steve Majora Trio in mm. like at least this year I, I, I don't know the last time we we played together it must have been like yeah the summer or maybe yeah, it was summer the fall last or something. year yeah yeah and that's the longest that I've gone without playing with 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 the trio doing doing my originals and stuff and it was just so fun like. Being back on that stage, back in that room, I used to do um, a Sunday run a Sunday showcase there, uh, right when the Wayfair opened for a few years, um, where uh, our band, The Wreck, had a uh, had a, a monthly jam, which is where we met, uh, got to know Henry better and everything. And, yeah, uh, Henry was playing our songs for years before yeah. with us, <laughs> right. jamming with us before you know. So yeah, I just hijack it. It hundred percent felt like stay up here. it felt like home, man, and it felt like you know I live you know seven houses away from the venue, um, but it felt like just an extension of like you know mm. throwing a house party, you yeah. know, and all your friends come and they bring their friends and everybody's just having a great time. There was like no problems whatsoever. Um, I guess the place at one point was like at half cap, so it was. Uh, it, it was a great, great turnout and just felt amazing. And getting to work with Eric, Eric was running lights and, and, uh, handling sound for me when I was on stage and, um, and just working with him in that capacity again was like, Oh fuck dude. Like I missed this so much. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, that's what we've been doing for, you know, the better part of 10 years on, on that stage, you know? So it was rad. Awesome. Well, I like to go to the Wayfair because they always make great drinks. Um, and they always have a great beer selection for the, all the beer goers out there. And, uh, so Steve, what are you drinking right now? I am drinking a cider tonight. It's a, it's another one from Newtopia. Um, kind of like the Chimia river that, uh, Andrew had last week, I believe. And, uh, this one is Viva Horchata and it's a Horchata cider. <laughs> Uh, from Newtopia, courtesy of Aaron over at uh, Taps uh, Brewery and uh, Mason Ale, Ale Works, and it's great, man. It's just it's light. It tastes like horchata, and it is does not taste like there's any alcohol in here, and there definitely is. Um, I like it, so I, I I'm almost done with this one, and I've got another one prepped and ready to go. Nice, yeah. Where what you got, man? I am drinking. <clears throat> A Castaway IPA by the Kona Brewing Company because I bought one of those sampler packs and Castaway is the last beer I have out of the pack, which if I recall correctly, I know we brought up that we played in Hawaii and we went out to the Kona Brewing. We were with John Hampton of Hampton Productions, who also is part of Music on the Runway or is Music on the Runway. Um, do you guys remember we went there and he really wanted the castaway? And I think if I recall correctly, it was it was out and we didn't get it. And I think it's one of the only beers that I've not really had from Kona. And I enjoy it a lot. I think they should have this readily available. Nice. At, you know, where they have it. So yeah, I don't know. They kind of have like a darker IPA. It's like a it's not as like hoppy and skunky as California IPAs. So it's kind of cool. And it's in a brown bottle. That's fun. What about you, Robert? What do you got? Well, first off, uh, I'm Michael Carroll. Good night. He said good night to us. So I'm just saying good night. 
Good night. And second of all, a shout out to Scott Murphy, who just said he was from Oakhurst. Um, I remember spending a lot of time in Oakhurst because it's right next to Yosemite. It's like the last, you know, decent sized city. And uh, we went to Southgate Brewing. I think that's what it's called. A little brewery out there on our way up for lunch. And it was delicious. It was so good. Um, so, Scott, if you haven't been there, which you have because there's not very many places to go in Oakhurst, um, tell, them I, tell them I enjoyed it. And uh, Warren, so I have, I have a lot of things to say before I tell you what I'm drinking. <laughs> Do you think that they came out with that beer before the movie Castaway or after the movie Castaway? Because it's on tough. an island. There's a beer, you know. I'm going to say uh, it has nothing to do with Castaway, the movie. I think it's just a, uh, it's just a reference. Okay. I'd imagine that when you live on an, when, when you live on an island, such as Hawaii, the term castaway is probably used a lot more often mm. than when you live in the mainland United States. I would think so. Right. So well, I think it's just coincidence. And ca- oh. Castaway, the movie with Tom Hanks came out in 2000. And uh, the Castaway IPA, Randy just slid this across my desk, but um, came out 14 years ago. So, oh, cool! And it's recently available on the mainland, apparently. So it hasn't even been here, like on the continental U.S. for very long. Nice. Um, well, I uh, I'm drinking an Ashland, uh, one of my favorite seltzers, but this one's a ginger peach Ooh. seltzer. And it's delicious. And, um, you know, Ashlands are great. They're from San Diego. They're sometimes hard to find. Very but good. You find them, grab them. Very good. They're I nice. like the I like the blackberry lemonade flavor. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had the peach, the ginger peach one? I, have, I haven't had that one. Is that new? I think it's new, but actually it was at Trader Joe's. Oh. And they only had this one. Hmm. So it's hard to find. But um, Interesting. It's great. Andrew, what are you sipping on? Scissor. Scissor. Definitely scissor. I got the cough syrup. Um, I asked my nephew how to make it. He gave me a really good recipe on the dark web. I am drinking a margarita. Like a fresh squeezed lime margarita. I feel like it's margarita season for me. I know um, I just really like the sweet salty mix. And they just like are refreshing. It's been a little warmer, not recently, but um, yeah, it's been really good. Henry, what are you drinking? Are are you wasting away again in Margaritaville? I'd say so. <laughs> Hell yeah! Um, I know where my salt is, though. Okay, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm also drinking a Newtopia cider. I feel like I'm always a week behind everybody else because somebody's <laughs> drinking one of these week before me. This is the Chimia River that I think yeah. everybody's already had on here. That was so good. It is really good. Uh, I got to say, I'm not a cider person, but but uh, but this happens to be very delicious, and uh, I'm enjoying it. Is that is that what's in the glass that you have there? Yes. it's. Uh, oh, okay. I, have the, I have the can here, but I yeah. poured it into this glass because I like to enjoy... My yeah, drinks. no, I was commenting on the color because um, it looks like a dark, like a looks like a, a beer. It's like apple juice. Yeah, because I drank mine out of the can, so I didn't see mm-hmm. the color. I'm enjoying it. 
And, uh, you know, there's, there's lots of things I enjoy in life. And there's two things I really enjoy together. And those are drinking and listening to good funky music. And I've been wanting to talk about, I've been wanting to talk about, I've been wanting to talk about this artist, uh, for a minute. Um, our buddy, Andrew Corradini, who's just on the podcast, actually introduced me to this guy uh, several months ago, and I actually forgot his name and then saw one of his songs and was like, oh, that's the guy. And um, so today I'm talking about this gentleman by the name of Neil Francis. Uh, he's a Chicago-based keyboardist, singer-songwriter, and uh, band leader. Um, amazing keyboard work on this record. Uh, I think it's spectacular. Um, totally has that 70s throwback vibe. Their influences, if I want to say, Dr. John, the band, the Meters, uh, Rolling Stones, Billy Preston, all sorts of really cool things all rolled into one, but done in a really fresh way. Lots of really exciting, cool textures, um, vintage kind of kind of vibe going on. Um, but again, reframed in this really cool, unique, and refreshing way that I find really inspiring. I've been obsessed with this record for the last two weeks. I've been listening to it every day, um, multiple times a day when I'm in the car, driving to and from work or wherever I'm going. I just pretty much constantly have it on. Um, the record is called Changes. It came out in September of 2019. And uh, the song I want us to listen to today is called She's a Winner. So enjoy this tune by Neil Francis. Sweet. <laughs> Just be like, I'm only up cause she's a 
Browser died during the song. He's he's working it out. I remember listening to this record too at Robert's wedding, and um, also remembering the name of the guy. And I remember rem- everything about him and everything about this record, like where he recorded it, <laughs> and sort of that he was from Chicago, and then all those things. And I could never piece it back together. So that's cool that Henry found it again. Yeah, what a baseline! I think yeah, funky. Man. And all the horn rakes and stuff. The I love yeah. that shit, man. That's so cool. I yeah. uh, I went to add it to uh, my Apple Music uh, while it was playing the whole record, and I saw that they they also came out with a, all the instrumentals for the record as a separate release as well, <laughs> which is pretty pretty dope, dude. That's cool. Oh, nice. You know who 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 did well, but not similar, but. Um, uh, there's an artist called Donovan Frankenrider. Yeah. And um, I just saw him at the coach house not too long ago, but uh, he came out with a drum, uh, bass and drums record. And it's all of his tracks just with, with just bass and drums. And then like the cover of his record is like, has all the lyrics and the chord charts. So it's like, he put out a record just so people could play along and sing along. It was really oh, interesting. That's cool. Oh, interesting. That's rad. Yeah. And he like, he put it like on vinyl and CD, which is interesting too. Um, I was like, I just thought it was a really interesting thing to do. It's pretty cool. A little play-along sort of thing. 
Yeah, it's not something that you want to listen to like on a drive because it's just literally the drums and bass. Hey, that's the best part of the band. You watch your (laughs) mouth. Well, certain songs like singer-songwriter songs aren't as fun as a funk groove. Um, But yes, especially when the uh, when 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 the bass and drums don't come in until like the third chorus. Yeah, there's one song on there like two and a half minutes of yeah, like the first like minute, and I'm just like, wow, that's weird. Like, what's what's up with this record? And then I looked more into it and figured out oh man they're taking a really long time to get into the intro yeah. for the song yeah yeah really playing the rests there so tasteful rests are music too oh absolutely it's true one it's other true. thing about this uh, record that's cool is that um he's from chicago but it was recorded in la at this studio called i think is it killian um the guy who produced it in a band called Orgone, which I think Steve's well, right, yeah. with the singer of Orgone. Yeah. Adrian. And, um, um, they're great. They do a bunch of stuff. I've actually recorded it at his studio before with my reggae band, like years and years ago. And it is, he still records everything to tape. There's this old Rogers drum kit with the, you know, the head taken off the bass drum. Everything's in the same room. It's in this crazy, like, one-bedroom apartment in North Hollywood or, like, two-bedroom apartment, so you'd never even know that it was a recording studio. It just looks like you walk into an apartment, and then there's a bunch of stuff in there. And he is just, like, the master of, like, no, we're just going to do it to tape, and we're just going to do it live, and it's just going to be what it is. And I think he might bounce it to Pro Tools to edit or something like that, and then just bounces it back to tape before he, like, makes a master of it and stuff like that. He's really obsessed with like getting those old tones and does what it takes to really like make sure he's getting um, the sounds he wants, which is awesome. It really does make a difference. Um, I think Mike Pinto actually recorded one of his records there too. Nice. Nice. But uh, yeah, it really does make a difference when you hear the way things like break up, like the distortion on things or like the way stuff is like compressed from that tape. Like, it really does make it sound like instead of like, um, oh, this is a throwback song, but it still sounds modern. It's really much more of like, oh, you would never be able to tell that that record came out a couple of years ago or last year. Yeah. You'd never be able to tell that. You, it just sounds like it was made in the 70s. And to get like those differences, you know, is really tough. And this guy just sort of obsesses over those details. So it's really cool to... um it's really cool to hear that on this and i'm orgon is more of like a funk band and then i've heard it in like a reggae aspect but this is the first time to hear it in like sort of almost like a new orleans like country aspect so it's really cool to hear that version of it too and what adrian are, sang year, uh, background vocals on it too on the record uh 2020 adrian sang background vocals yeah that makes sense that's awesome cool awesome Henry, we did a little talking about this record. Can you hear us? Uh, I think so. Can you hear me? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Welcome back. That was a funky track. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Having some uh, technical difficulties here. <laughs> a little uh, frustrating, you know? It's, it, that is the one downfall of the digital age of the this podcast, is that there's always technical difficulties not not from one person specifically 
it just happens to everyone at some point. And sometimes even StreamYard just goes down for a couple of days. Yeah. Didn't that happen once? Yeah, yeah. They were, they were, uh, when, because we're streaming, we're using StreamYard website to broadcast to Facebook. Um, and so Facebook was changing up some of their algorithms and stuff, and StreamYard had to get their tech team to update. And you know, so is Facebook's fault. Yeah. Isn't it always? The neutral Facebook land. Yeah. New. <laughs> Neutral book. <laughs> yeah, their events suck too. I'm just going to say that again. The event page sucks. And you know what? Me and Andrew were using Zoom the other day. And because I don't have a Zoom account or whatever, it, it only limits you to like 40 minutes at a meeting. So it drops. And uh, we didn't realize that. It kind of caught me off guard. <laughs> so that's another reason why StreamYard is better. For the best. No time this on it. Podcast 92, episode 92, is all about um, our support for StreamYard and our <laughs> our annoyances of Facebook. Yes. That's, that's, what that's going in the description for this episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> StreamYard praise and Facebook. Yeah. And uh, if you're wondering why we don't have a guest tonight, it's because the next guest we're going to have... Ooh. Someone to start a computer. Um, the next guest we're going to have is so great and big that we needed a night off of a guest to prepare ourselves. So you're going to want to tune in next week for sure. Episode 93. Um, we have a special guest that is just, and if you're listening, I just kissed my fingers and kind of did like the Italian, like uh, mama mia. Uh, so that's really exciting. I'm especially excited about this guest. So, uh, should we like should we have more clues involved? I think you no. just tell no, people just, who it is. I mean, unless you want to, but <laughs> well, you know, I, some people, you know, I don't want to say it, and then something happens, and you know, his kids can't be picked up, and then he won't be able to make it. You know. Um. All right. Well, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, let's leave it at that. You know, that reminds me of that. That reminds me of when. Uh, when we played Warp Tour in what was that 2013, and uh, and we had our our friend uh, our friends both named Corey uh, made took the the lid from our merch bucket and wrote Skrillex 4 p.m. in tape on the lid yeah. and we're walking around with it and then all these kids came up to the stage that we were playing on like expecting to see Skrillex and then we and get up us. there and they were like hey so uh, so. Is Skrillex coming on soon? <laughs> and all That's the dads awesome. were all pissed and stuff. It was fine. Yeah, that was a that was a fun time because uh, I mean we could just we'll just talk about Warp Tour. <laughs> um, I had been I always went to Warp Tour as I'm sure most young kids do. Um, it was a huge tour that went around the nation and had uh, everyone in that generation. I don't even know. I mean, it was, it's punk and then it started getting a lot more hardcore when hardcore was getting a little um more in the spotlight but i remember going as a kid like in high school and everything and then we had a chance to play it which was crazy to me because of all the bands i went and saw didn't sound anything like we sound um but it was a really cool place to be and a experience to have like when I went to Vans Warped Tour as like a freshman in high school, I didn't think I would ever be playing Vans Warped Tour. Yeah. Because at that point, I wasn't doing much in the music realm or knew that I was 
going to be a musician or anything. Um, and it kind of like, you know, came full circle, obviously, but, um, we did make the best of it being a, you know, a bluesy Southern rock, rock and roll band surrounded by a bunch of kids who just want to listen to punk and hardcore, um, and Skrillex, you know? So <laughs> it was, uh, I think, I think we did something else too. We, we said Skrillex will be on next or something like that from the stage. And, and, uh, <laughs> it was fun to see a bunch of, you know, tweens being really upset that Skrillex looks like we do. Well, they, yeah, they, they, they did stick around for the set though. So that was, that was good. Yeah. I mean, by now I'm sure they're loving our music. Get a little older. Do you guys actually want to do the full warp tour episode? I know we didn't plan on doing this and I had another topic in mind, but we could save that topic for another time and just go full warp tour. Because Andrew, if you want to, let's do it. I don't even know if I want to, but I feel like we can do enough time on the band's warp tour. Um, so do you guys remember getting there? We got there in the morning. Yeah. So I, I remember this to, in two ways. So I, whatever, like if you're a kid in Southern California, bye Henry. If you're a kid in Southern California, you basically worship warp tour in our generation. It was like the only mm-hmm. thing made for kids. It was cheap. Everyone wore vans anyways because it was like of the time. So, and it was all the punk rock and metal bands of like our generation. So, it was just uh, made for kids. And uh, I don't even think I ever went before we played it, which was really? sad because I liked all the bands. Yeah, yeah. And I'd all never my been friends had gone in high school and stuff, and I really wanted to go. I just never ended up going. And so at that point, I think my cousin might have been working at Warp Tour at that point, and so was my friend Trenton, who I went to college with. So we had a bunch of ins. My cousin Krista that actually worked on the boat that we met on the boat was working at Warp Tour at that time. Oh, nice! And I have a weird relationship with Warp Tour too because uh, I interviewed Kevin Lyman, the owner of Warp Tour. He was like a friend of Alan Waddington's for like a school project. So nice. like I went wow. to his uh, office and got to talk to him and stuff like that. It was super interesting. So I, I was like, you know, uh, obsessed and to play warp tour was like a dream of mine that when I got there, it was basically shattered. And I was like, okay, <laughs> what, what, you know, what is this? Um, I think my headphones are about to die. So someone might have to pick it up for me in a sec, but I just remember getting there and trying to talk to the guy that they told us to be with. Because, uh, first of all, how do we get on there? Well, we, um, and, like, that's that's what a story I was going to say about Kevin Lyman, too, um, was that we, we, the Orange County Music Awards used to be kind of a bigger deal. Um, it was the, there was live band showcases, um, and, like, you know, bigger artists would be there, like Offspring and Thrice, you know, and, and they were up for awards, and they would play, you know, um, it was, it was, it was a cool period of time and we were a part of the, the best live band showcase, you know, uh, the first year or maybe the first two years that we were in it. It yeah. wasn't, wasn't that the first time we played Detroit bar too was for, yeah, was that for maybe. Music Awards? I think so. Yeah. Which um, Detroit bar became the Wayfair uh, for, for all you listeners out there. Yeah. And, and, you know, we, we were playing the OC music awards before you know we were kind of established as mm-hmm. a band really uh, and it kind of helped us grow but we we got uh, the privilege and honor to win best live band in 2013 uh and because of that uh one of the prizes was that we got to go play on warp tour um and that's how we got 
to play a Warped Tour. But uh, because we got that, we got to um, perform a song at the awards, you know, and there's hundreds and hundreds of people there in the industry. So it was a kind of an honor to do that as well. They were, they were holding remember, it at the, at the Grove in Anaheim. So it's just this giant stage and giant, you know, kind of raked flooring. And they, uh, you know, set up as an award show and stuff. So there's all these tables set up and bands are, I remember uh, Jeremiah Red was sitting with Thrice uh, one of those yeah. years. I was yeah. geeking out. And, uh, and so basically uh, the, the Kevin Lyman part is that after after we played at some point of the night i had to use the restroom and i'm standing there you know at the urinal and then kevin lyman comes up right next to me and just looks over and just is like hey man you guys sounded really good really like the stuff and i was like all right if kevin lyman said it we're doing something okay <laughs> yeah. and then um then we got to go play vans um and what i remember when we and here's a little tidbit for everyone who hasn't played Vans Warped Tour. Um, they don't tell you what time you're going on until you get there in the morning. So every band finds out their set time that morning. And what stage they're playing too. Yeah. yeah. So you have to get there. I forget what time we got there. Um, it was definitely early. And then, you know, you either, I think it opens at 11 or opens at 12. So you could be playing at like 11 right when it opens. Or you could be playing like later in the afternoon, like four. Um, and I think we played twice. Um, and I think the first day, and correct me if I'm wrong, this is just my memory's shot, but the first day we didn't play until like four or in the afternoon. So we got there at like eight or nine and just had to literally sit around and walk around and do nothing until like four. Um, and then the next time we played, we played a lot earlier. I think we played, you know, like at 1230 or one. Um, or I could be totally wrong, but that's a really interesting thing to go to a festival that you're playing and not know what stage or what, what time you're on. Cause it, cause I, I remember loading that one stage and they said, Oh, you're not on this stage. And then the, the stage that we were <laughs> playing was like on the other side of the festival, which, which was at the, uh, the fairplex in Pomona. So it's like this giant racetrack. And so it was, you know, a good, you know, probably 10 minute, 15 minute walk over grass and, and uh, and everything just across this giant field wasn't the uh, maybe I'm not remembering it correctly, but we when we got there, weren't we planning on like going and checking in and then like and then like kind of scoping it out and then loading in and stuff? And then Andrew, didn't you forget your drums or something, or like there was something with your drums that we had to go back to your place and like speed there to try to make the show on? T- oh, it was the back line. The stage we were supposed to play on, uh, they, they they told us we were going to be on the Kevin Says stage, which was like right by the entrance. And that stage had backline. And when they moved this, us to the other stage way across the uh, the Fairplex, um, that stage didn't have any backline. And so we had to, Andrew lived pretty close to, uh, to, to the Fairplex in Pomona at the time. And so we had to actually run back to to your place and pick up the drum set for the for the show. So if I remember this correctly too, and I remember the pictures from this show like pretty vividly, that's not my drum set. I never owned that drum set. So and uh, I most likely borrowed that drum set from mm. someone who could have brought it. So I think I had a friend or someone had a friend that brought us a drum set. Because if you look at those pictures, there's some great pictures on Facebook, too. Maybe we'll repost them or something of us at Warp Tour. And I'm playing like this 
red and natural and then yellow colored kit. And that's not my kit. And I've never owned a kit like that. At that point, I was playing this red Gretsch kit. And uh, it's super, you know, noticeable. And it's in a ton of pictures from like House of Blues and mm. stuff like that. So uh, it's really funny to see that uh, that other drum set there. Because I'm like, that's not my drum set. I'm pretty sure <laughs> what you're saying is right. Where it's like, well, we don't have a drum set. We didn't bring one because you told us not to bring one. So we probably called a friend over. That might have been why Corey was there. Or was Corey just there anyways? I, I'm not sure. Sh- I don't remember. Everyone, this was this was almost ten years ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, so that's right. Because we were playing. That was with the Harley Sweetwater guys from Huntington. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was their kit. I, don't know. I, I remember um, like driving on the track and stuff to like get shit over to the to the back of the yeah. stage and wild times, man. I do remember as well. They had this like giant inflatable board with all the band names on it, and they like put it on the wall and like drew their names on it. And I was like, oh, awesome. We're finally going to be on the inflatable board. And I remember the person at that thing telling us, oh, no, you're not going to be on the board. <laughs> we're like, really? You just like draw us on there or something like that. You have a thing. It's like, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> and and this was this was before Warren and Henry were in the band. But Warren and Henry, I have a question for you. Have either of you been to Vans Warped Tour? Do you have any history with it? None. Whatsoever. Of course I've been to Vans Warped Tour. <laughs> That's what I figured. <laughs> I think I only went like, I think I met, went maybe two or three times. I remember the first time I went, because now that I think back to it, I think it's like the first festival style event I ever went to. And it was in Long Beach by my grandparents' house. And I don't, I don't know. I don't remember too much. I remember I was like into like grungy punk rock. So I was like all about the, not the main stage, the like side punk stage where like shoes were coming off. And I think I like, I don't know, like I always throw up. So I think I like threw up somewhere. I don't know. It was weird. I remember seeing like the unseen and Zayo and, I saw Rancid. Rancid Rancid was always good. I feel like Rancid is definitely one of those punk bands that like, I still like, I still love that in outcome, the wolves CDs. And there's, there's actually a lot of stuff um, of that time that I still actually enjoy listening to. Um, And it's funny, especially to look back at some of those, those early, early Vans Warped Tours. A lot of those bands that were like in the lower rafters are all like, pretty big bands nowadays and it's funny to go back and look at them and be like oh god that band played like early in the day like they ended up exploding or you know like i don't know it was always really fun and i think that was just like my first memory of going to a real festival thing and it was like a punk rock thing and yeah i don't know that was my thing growing up so i remember and then and then the compilation cds that yeah. come out with a compilation yeah. that was like super super popular um, so that was always cool. And, uh, yeah. And then they had all the vendor, all the vendor stuff. And I remember there was like, there was like, uh, you could sit down and like play the drums or something. They had like different like things set up and, and, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I remember it, but it's, it was such a long time ago that it was, it's pretty fuzzy. So what are the like, 
uh, claims the fame of Warp Tour is on. Uh, Eminem was on the first Warp Tour. Oh wow! But they took out <laughs> really? the country. So like wow. that's the biggest artist that was ever on Warp Tour because obviously Eminem's like one of the biggest artists in the world. But uh, yeah, wow. The, the, he was like on the first Warp Tour that they took out. That's crazy. And I think uh, I remember the year that we played. Uh, the Aquabats played, which is this yep. like you know. Uh, like a ska band that almost does like they're like the Alice Cooper of ska music. They all dress up in like these weird, crazy costumes. And I remember in the middle of their set, they like fight this giant robot. And if anyone doesn't know this, so like the lead guys in the Aquabats are Mormon. This is another weird Southern California thing that you don't know if you didn't grow up in Southern California. Um, the the guys who are in the Aquabats are Mormon, and they also did the kids' show Yo Gabba Gabba. <laughs> oh, no so, way. I didn't know that. Um, if you saw Yo Gabba Gabba, it was made by the guys who did the Aquabats, and they made these, like, super Yo Gabba Gabba-esque robot monsters and would, like, fight them on stage while they were playing and stuff like that. And so, yeah, our year was, like, Aquabats and Real Big Fish, which was, like, the big sky year. I remember I saw Real Big Fish like three times that year, and I didn't even try to, so that was yeah. pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, that was my first time seeing all... the Ataris, man, live. That was that was fun. Another um, huge, huge act, which I guess is up there with Eminem, that played Vans Warped Tour was Katy Perry. What? She, oh, yeah, really? yeah. She used to be a little bit more rock, and she was there, um, I think it was like 2008, like... That seems recent to me, but maybe it's not recent. I guess it's not. But um, yeah, Katy Perry as well. And then almost every you know punk band that you've heard of. When did it start? Do you guys know? Uh, I think Randy can get that. Ninety-five. First one was on well, August fourth. Green 95. Day was on it too. I think. Uh, I, I'm seeing here Billy Idol. Really? Yeah. In uh, 2015. Yeah. So what year did we do it again? 2013. 2013. Wow, that's so long ago. Yeah, I remember Echo Smith was there, who like got a lot bigger. I remember there was this band, and I can't remember the name of them, but it was a metal band, and their drummer had like broken his leg. Oh and yeah. They got like a black gospel guy to come and sit in and learn the entire set, like on the way there. That was uh, the and was that the Amity Affliction. I couldn't tell you the name. If you looked it up, you could probably find it. Um, but it was crazy to where the whole band, the band was from Australia. So they got on a plane and flew over to Warp Tour. And that was their first show. And their drummer broke their leg. And it was like complicated math metal. It wasn't like yeah. nothing. There was like a bunch of odd times and stuff like that. And so they had one rehearsal with this guy in the afternoon and then played the show that day, and it sounded like they'd been playing together their entire lives. It was just like nuts. <laughs> I was like, "How does this guy just sit into this metal show and play like all these odd times and all this crazy stuff?" And then you could see the excitement of the band on like the lead singer looked like amazed. Yeah. He was like, "I cannot believe this guy is playing this stuff so well." <laughs> uh, Scott. Uh, the Aquabats and Real Big Fish headline the Warp Tour that we played at. I also remember there's a bunch of fun stuff around. Like they do have like 
the craziest Vans booth you've ever seen in your life, where there's just yeah. like shoe boxes, yeah. you know, higher stack higher than your head, and they're actually selling shoes. And then uh, I remember I rode a mechanical bull. There's like a picture of that somewhere. Um, and then what I found out from my friends who work for Warp Tour was usually if you went and worked for Kevin on Warp Tour and did those sorts of things, you would get a job with one of the vendors. So if you work for Kevin, then you'd go work for AT&T the next year and actually like make a killing working those boosts the whole tour. <laughs> so that's really what the people who worked it. Warp Tour paid like a terrible amount of money, I've heard, because the people putting on the event are working like 16-hour days every day in the sweltering heat. You know, they're in charge of getting like pallets of water to these stages and setting up these stages and like it's the middle of the summer, man. So it's like not easy. And, uh, they're really, uh, they put all the kids on a bus. Um, and it's really hard, hard work and they did not get paid well for it. So I think they just figure out how to do other stuff after that work for other companies. And, uh, Trent and my friend was actually on a reality TV show. They made about the people who worked at warp tour. <laughs> nice. So eventually they put out some kind of reality TV show about uh, all those people that were there and the, sort of the shenanigans that happened. And are, do you guys remember the backstage at all and seeing all like, yeah. the full buses and stuff like that? Yeah. There's 30, 40, 50 buses back there. and oh, it was nuts. And like all the kids who were in the buses were like in their 20s like we were. And I'm like, what a shit show. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine, you know? Yeah, because... We we went to we went to one of the after parties one year, mm-hmm. I think. Like we're not everyone. That's where everyone was hanging out. But uh, research Randy just told me too that um, no doubt played early on in their career as well. Oh, yeah, but also Sublime. Sublime. Yeah, Sublime co-headlined the second year or something like that. <coughs> yeah, the '95 Warp Tour was uh, Deftones, uh, <clears throat> Guttermouth, No Doubt, No Use for Name, uh, Sublime. Swing another's tilt. Bunch of people. That's rad. Yeah, it was responsible for launching a lot of people's careers, especially if they were a headliner. Like, then you saw everyone in a different light. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was, it, that's like a staple California thing, and it's probably like a staple all over the country in the United States if uh, you're listening from somewhere else. It was really cool. And then there's like, um, there's festivals, like there's Coachella, but there's not Coachella that happens all across the country. So it's like a weird thing that everyone can share. And I don't think anyone's really replicated that since like try to take a festival on tour like that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, think, I think they closed. Go ahead. I think Lollapalooza, they don't like take it on the road, but they do like they move it around. But like, yeah, that was, I actually wanted to bring that up. I, I think the funny thing too, about Vans Warped Tour was the fact that it, it travels some days, it would be in a a place that could accommodate that. And then like you would see they'd go out to like Arizona and it would be like in just a parking lot. You'd be like, oh my God, I couldn't imagine being in the desert, like just in the parking lot or, you know, like at a college campus or whatever. They they would definitely adapted that thing to wherever they were going. I'd talk about probably a traveling circus. I couldn't even imagine. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, <laughs> I, I remember too, like some olds. years they would do Pomona as, yeah. as well as like Ventura. So, like, if the, if the bands were, like, 
you know, I remember going to Ventura and Pomona like the same year, which is just crazy to have that, that kind of big of a festival with in driving distance, you mm-hmm. know, in like casual driving distance, you know, for a, a festival like that. And they still were able to do it. And I, I pretty sure it's not happening anymore. Right. Didn't they like stop it? Yeah. I think their last year is 2019. And oh. that's right before COVID anyway. So I imagine COVID would have stopped it, but uh, I think they did have like a final warp tour. Well, rest. In I think it's because Kevin Lyman retired. Ah, uh, there might be someone to bring it back. Obviously, like mm. the Warp Tour is a big thing, but I think it's like not worth the amount of money that it makes. Like Kevin Lyman's probably like way well off at this point, but like you know, he had a pretty good staff, and running that thing is a shit show. Like, um, here's another fun Warp Tour story from my old teacher Alan Waddington. They were in a diner. And there was about uh, maybe like 20 to 40 musicians all eating at this diner from Warp Tour. And uh, eventually one of the dudes from one of the punk bands starts a food fight in his poor diner in the middle of nowhere. And they get shit everywhere. And they get it all over like these poor waitresses and stuff like that. And uh, Alan sort of goes into business mode and he's telling Kevin like, Hey, Kevin, you got to go offer this, uh, you know, the head of this diner, basically like $10,000 to not just sue the shit out of you guys. right now. <laughs> you know, like they're basically either going to arrest you or send you to jail, but you got to like make some kind of, um, you know, they just trash this whole restaurant. You can't eat there. You can't do anything. You know what I mean? And you can imagine 40 fucking drunk band dudes or whatever, like destroying a restaurant. They're going to do a pretty good job. Yeah. So uh, um, Kevin offers them the check and apparently looks at Alan like, why is it always me who has to like be in charge of taking care of these people, you know? And if you can imagine, that's like one little microcosm of probably what's happening every single day on that tour. Mm. You know, people are dying of heat stroke. People are like ODing on drugs. People are doing all the stupid things. It's the go to music festivals for us to do stupid things. So, you know, you just have to be the guy that solves all those problems. You, it's like, you know, pick all the worst problems in the world from running a festival. And that's what Kevin Lyman's job is. <laughs> so, <laughs> but he must love it to do it for 20 years and be doing it like that. And I imagine every time that you do it, it gets a little bit easier. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> They, they, it, there's actually a very good Wikipedia list um, of of a lot of the major bands that have played Warp Tour. I'll uh, I'll paste the link into the comments if you want to look at some of them. It's it's incredible. It's massive. Um, so it's kind of fun. I think, like and you it, just said, it definitely is a staple for like California. There's bands on here too that like it introduced our generation to a bunch of bands, like seeing Billy Idol or Joan Jett's on here, and they would squeeze in like some legacy acts, you know what I mean? Like people who Kevin Lyman just liked or things like that, or even older punk bands, you know, because um, punk bands from our generation weren't all the punk bands, so they would you know fit in some '80s bands and some stuff other people wanted to see, and always make sure that. 
they had a lineup that kids yeah. wanted to go to, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun just scrolling through that and seeing all the people on there. Incubus, Lincoln Park, yeah. Limp Biscuit, <laughs> all the classic 90s bands. Classic. Well, I can't wait to go to a festival again. I'm ready yeah. to actually, you know, go see live music. I'm seeing everything get booked for 2022, which will, it seems like the time that festivals will actually be back. So go book your next festival, everyone. I've yeah. been seeing a ton of like, just like tour, just like, it's weird to see all of these flyers coming out for people announcing things that are coming up. It's like, oh yeah, I forgot that this was a thing. So it's very encouraging to see all that stuff going on. And we have a lot of shows coming up, so check our website for our tour dates. Yeah, we have a a, a homecoming, if you will, at the Wayfair in June on the twelfth. Um, tickets are on sale for that if you're from Southern California, um, as well as a handful of other Southern California shows. So go to our website, check out the shows. We'd love to see you guys there. Um, and if we don't know you, we'd love to meet you. Come say hello. Yeah. Yeah. Click all the uh, links in the descriptions below and uh, be good to each other out there, everybody, and get wrecked. We'll see you next week.